eight years later, I'd know it frontwards, backwards, left, right, up, and down. And I love it because it's something that changes every single day. And I think that's why I've always loved marketing is because you can't just lean and depend on the same things every single decade, year over year, month over month, week over week. All of our preferences change, our buying habits change, and we have to make sure we're adjusting with the market. Welcome to episode 156 of the AFT Construction Podcast. And today we have Brittany Murphy, who is the marketing director and partner at One Thing Marketing. And we dive into all things branding, marketing, but it's much more informative as far as SEO, understanding rent versus own, right? WordPress to some of the other platforms like GoDaddy. More importantly, right? GMB, Google My Business. How does that play a role? YouTube. And again, thinking about the specifics of what we do in our industry as company owners and entrepreneurs and how we could be more specific in that branding and have more of a sniper approach. There's so much valuable information and it's not this really complicated SEO. Brittany does a phenomenal job communicating, breaking it down for all of us to understand and take away some amazing nuggets that we can all apply right now to our business to help find that ideal client. So without further ado, let's get started. This past May, we had an amazing Contractor Coalition Summit. This was in Nashville with Nick Schiffer from Menace Builders and Morgan Molitor from Construction to Style out of Minnesota. And we are now up for our second round of the Contractor Coalition Summit that'll be in Huntington Beach from Sunday, November 6th through Wednesday, November 9th. Go to ContractorCoalitionSummit.com, sign up, register. We have some amazing partners that'll be there sponsoring the event amazing attendees that have already signed up. It's limited seating. We're only allowing 30 to attend. And again, this will be all things pricing, profitability, contracting, client expectations, scheduling, and of course, marketing and social media. Everything that we wish we knew in our business from the very beginning is all going to be wrapped up into just a couple days. So we'll see you there in Huntington Beach in November. So welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. And today we have a special guest, Brittany Murphy with us. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, thanks for having me. We're excited to have you, especially to speak all things marketing. So Brittany is the marketing director and uh, partner at One Thing Marketing. And marketing is something that uh, we've touched on quite a few episodes on the podcast, but I think you can offer a lot more expertise on the subject because as brands, as companies, right, we're all trying to build you know, our network, our bandwidth, right? Everything to get in the right ideal clients. So let me ask you, we'll, we'll start here. How does a company show they exist online? To me, the answer is pretty simple. They show up online. (laughs) You know, I mean, really kind of what really makes them exist online is when I'm trying to find your business, your service, your product, if you show up for me. So that could be whether I see your ads, I see your social media, I see your website pop up, I see your Google My Business so I can find your reviews. All of these are great sources that any new customer trying to find someone to work with to fix their problem these are kind of all the places they're looking for to kind of just make sure they have a good picture of that business and therefore choose to work with them or not work with them. So when it comes to showing up online, that's what I'm talking about when I'm really talking closely to my trade businesses, because these are all the areas that clients are looking at. So if you're not there, you're probably not going to get that business because they are using these as their verdicts to make that decision on who to work with. And, you know, just, and, and I want to dive into this a little bit more, you know, just the ads and especially you mentioned Google business, which I don't think is something a lot of people understand or use. And there's a lot of value in that, right? Especially as we get into SEO and the conversation here. But what's interesting is I was looking at this, this is years ago, I was kind of looking online at branding stuff. Right. And, you know, they talked about that, like 90% of people have a smartphone, right. And they're have the smartphone they're looking on it. So if you don't have not only a presence online or your website's not compatible to like a phone, which is different than like the computer, you know, you're going to miss if it's, you know, scrambled or doesn't look right on someone's phone because they're searching. People are on their smartphone and they're using that for everything. Exactly. And if you remember about five years ago, there was a thing called mobile get in, at least in the marketing world, that's what we called it. And it was just the Google mobile first update. And so what they meant by that is they want to rank and de-rank websites that aren't mobile friendly. You know, that was like one of their first huge launches they did to showcase, we're trying to make this as easy and as helpful for our visitors to get matched with the best websites we can find out there. And so everything you think about when it comes to marketing, I mean, you kind of are working with that algorithm, but it's just working with the clients at the end of the day, if you think about it. I mean, none of us want to zoom in or zoom out to try to read anything. I mean, not that we're that old, but <laughs> eyesight goes down yeah, with age, does. you know? Especially staring at a screen or like a phone for so long, you know? 
Yes. You know, and we do get kind of tired of that. So basically what they're just trying to do and what all businesses need to do when it comes down to is just making it easier for the client to find you and to find the information about you, because that's really what they're just trying to get in and out for um, at the end of the day. You know, they have a problem. What's interesting about that, Brittany, is just the offset of this is that what's interesting is you look at branding and, and, and there was a website I saw and they had this quote on there. And I don't remember specifically even the website to give them credit, but essentially what they said was, okay, if you don't have an online presence, your competitor does, right? And, and it's funny because I look back at, especially as our companies evolved and I've worked with clients and stuff, and there's been some very well-known builders that have been building a long time. They're not very present on social media or their website. You know, they're just, but they, you know, from their generation, you know, whether it be realtors or just a staple in the community, they've kind of built on this print media. But that's changing. What's happening is these clients are coming to us and they're finding us because they're not even going to maybe someone who's been around longer because they don't know about them online and this younger generation and this other generation is online. And so I found that, hey, this is working for me. And so I see the benefit that if nothing else, you know, it's a competitive world for all of us and it just helps us, you know, increase that demographic. In the construction industry, over a third of the home buyers are millennials. And so if, if, any and more of that is any one of the younger generation, you just got to think of how they are searching themselves. So, I mean, I grew up where I saw the phone book. I used it. My mom taught me how to use it. Do I get one now? Do I even look at it? Or does it go straight in the trash can? Right. It goes straight in the trash can because that's just not how we utilize anything anymore. We want the answers as quick as possible. So that's why marketing and being visible is so important because we're impatient today as well. So if you are making it a struggle for someone to find you, but your competitor's making it very quick and simple to find them, then you do lose out on that business because we all want things as quickly and as easily as possible. And just not doing those things is kind of working against that thought process. So it's interesting. And, and let's tie in the Google business because you mentioned this. Uh, and, and I was at an event this a few years ago and they talked about that, hey, as a business owner, which is super valuable, you can go in, you can register your business with Google Maps, as you mentioned, to become like an icon in your area. And for me, all I had to do is I went on the Google website, I claimed my address, right? AFT Construction, I'm Brad Levitt, I'm the owner. You know, and Google says, well, send me like a utility statement, you know, proof of address that this is you. And you send it in, then Google sent me like a postcard like two weeks later with a code and then I can now register. Now I'm like claimed, I get the check, which is different than like the Instagram blue check, right? But at least for Google, you get the check, but now I'm managing like hours of operation, you know, as you mentioned, the reviews, how important that is, right? As you're putting all this together and it's just helping, you know, people find my business or other businesses by optimizing Google Maps. Yeah. So how, how does that work with SEO? Because I know that SEO is controlled by Google too. So is there a correlation between the maps, reviews, as well as SEO? Yes, 100%. So when I actually talk to anybody, the funny part about how the process works is how well your website ranks actually determines how well you're going to rank in the Google My Business section. And so just in case anyone's not aware of that area we're talking about, it's called the little map area where there's usually three businesses listed. We see their phone, their reviews, and their hours of operation, and usually a checkpoint on the map of where they're located. So the number one ranking factor for that is proximity. So we want to make sure we're always close to the type of clients we want to get business for. And if we're not, then we need to have an office location that is near those people because proximity is always going to be a factor that we just have to change physically. We can't change very easily with SEO very quickly. You can expand your network out, but it will kind of take time to get there. So I always try to tell my guys, if you're trying to target a different city, either be there or start to get an office there so you can kind of hone in that Google My Business section. The other aspect of that is really just making sure that you actually have SEO on your website. So if you do home remodeling, for instance, when someone types in home remodeler near me, they're going to rank, they're going to have ads usually at the very top. You're going to see that Google My Business section, and then you'll see organic websites below that. What you might notice if you do that search, just anyone out there on their phone listening and multitasking, because I know we all are today, do that Google search real quick. You are actually most likely going to see the people who rank in that top three map section also rank below organically. And so that's a huge correlation of how SEO does affect that map area because the better Google thinks that their website says, hey, they do home remodeling. Here's all the information about home remodeling in the city that someone's asking for. That pushes the power more to that Google business listing because the beauty of it is it's linked to your website. So that's why we always wanna make sure you have that link to your website because the website plays a really big role in that. The other huge role I'm telling everybody about is reviews. 
So it has increased three to 5% every year for almost the last five years. I've, I've been with this company for eight years. And so almost the last five years, I've started to see the trend where that is a small percentage point, but that is a huge increase in the entire piece of pie of what's important to what Google's looking at. So basically what that tells us is they wanna see businesses who are active and who are engaging with their audience. And so when we see that you're getting reviews, when we see that you're responding to them, all those things really kind of go into a play to help Google want to rank you higher. But the better part about it is as a consumer, I want to see all that information myself. You know, I want to see who you've worked with, were they happy, what kind of jobs you did. And the joke I give all of my clients is my last name's Murphy. So Murphy's Law <laughs> has pertained to me for decades now. And so what I do is I actually go to those reviews and look at the one stars just to see what the complaint was and then to see how the business owner handled that complaint. Did they do it graciously? You know, was it something where, hey, if something happens to me, it looks like this company will take care of me? Or did they take a few shots of bourbon, answer it back, get a little feisty with their response? Well, now I probably don't wanna work with that business because let's just say this was an honest mistake. Sounds like they're not willing to pick up the slack to make it better for me as a client at the very end of things. So all those things are really, optimization to rank better within Google, but really to make sure as well, you're converting all of these people that you're spending good time and money trying to market to will convert to calling you because they see all the things they need to see to say, I trust this business enough to get a bid from them and continue to maybe go down the road and actually work and partner with them and give them my money. I, I love that advice. I mean, it's genius, Brittany, honestly, because what you said that just kind of triggers something is you mentioned that you know, just to see what is the temperature of the business, right? How do they respond to conflict? And the reality is, I think most people, when they're going on and looking at reviews, they can understand that, you know, there's there's always two sides to every situation, if you know, maybe three, right? <laughs> what, what you say, what I say, and what really happened. But but the thing is that the rea- you can't be perfect. And I've actually heard from clients, because I know for me personally, and I heard this from an ar- architect, Mark Candelaria, and he's like, hey, Brad, don't focus on the failures, focus on the successes, right? A lot of us, it's really easy as an entrepreneur in a business to like focus on the mistakes or a disgruntled client that maybe a project didn't go as good as it should have, even though other ones are happy. It happens, right? This part of business, sometimes there's, there's things that happen, right? It's just the reality of our business and it's a customer service business and it's hard to make everybody happy. Um, and, and there's a lot of reasons behind it, but, but in the long run, if you're focused on the positive, well, that's the most important thing. But more importantly, I've heard from a client, he said, hey, Brad, I've actually looked up businesses and if everything's five-star everything's perfect. It makes me wonder like, is this business even real? Even if they have a lot of reviews, because there has to be something that goes wrong, right? And where I've looked at this is like, yeah, I mean, you may have someone who rates you low, but that's okay. How do you respond? How do you react, right? And this is essentially what you're speaking about, Brittany. Yes. And I tell clients that as well. It's not the end of the world when you get, get a bad review. That is the natural process that no one is going to be pleased 100% of the time. There's always going to be that negative Nancy out there that just has to leave some type of feedback in some way. And that is kind of where at the end of the day, I mean, that's why we kind of created that as a service in-house for our clients, because it's hard to take a step back. You know, someone is telling you exactly, I'm upset about your company because A, B, C, D, or maybe they're not even that communicative about it. They're just slandering you and not happy. And it is very kind of hard to see exactly what that side looks like. But that is a good way to increase your brand awareness, to make sure that people understand exactly what you're about and what to expect from you as a company, because they're seeing how you handle hard situations that otherwise they really wouldn't have known what you do. So this is kind of a great way to show your process and explain even more, which really kind of what I call it's that authority ship. Like showing yourself that you were the authority in your industry is by doing small things like that, because at the end of the day, they really do add up. And so those are always processes, just you need to continuously do them. Like we know we need to get reviews. We know we need to be a good company and respond to them and be very graceful on the, on the opposite side when they're not happy with us, like be graceful through that. But obviously, you know, we still want to see that you're sticking up for yourself and we know that you did right by that customer in every way you can handle it. So it, it really is on that grand scheme, the bigger and better way of like word of mouth and referrals. Like that's where we're going nowadays is Google, Facebook to see those reviews and judge our businesses from there. It, it, it's amazing how many clients that I meet with will look up house, Facebook, Google. Those seem to be like the three key, at least for me as a custom builder. I know if you're a production builder or like some of these national builders, I mean, they use, you know, different metrics, right? How they're tracking customer service. But I think for most businesses, you know, small business owners, custom subcontracting, you know, they're looking at those elements. 
my question for you is what, what, what can be tough as builders or just, I mean, any advice to like getting reviews? I think a lot of times we're, you know, try to get the punches done, get furniture and get the client in. Like, you know, there's so much. And then to say, oh, by the way, can you give me a review? I mean, is there a tactical way to do that? Is it something that we just have to put on our punch list per se so that we're asking for it so that we have that, that follow-up? Yeah. I mean, putting on the punch list at the end of the day, you're going to always need that reminder to do something until it's systemized inside of you to keep doing it. Good reviews is like pulling teeth. <laughs> it, is. it is one of the worst things. And I do understand what's even harder is for builders that have longer term projects or any trade that is a longer term project with it. You have less chances to kind of get those reviews just because you're not going to go through clients as quickly when you have maybe service maintenance or repair type of jobs as a business that you do. So what I tell all of my guys is from the beginning, you are always going to be very transparent that you're going to do such a good job. You're going to rant and rave about us at the end. And you can make these kind of jokes throughout it. But as you get close to winding down, you are going to make it more of a personal ask. So psychologically, what they tell us is if you ask in person for a review and that person agrees to giving that review. So while you're at the house or giving them the keys, you know, they're walking in and they're just loving everything about it. You tell them right then and there, like, I'm so glad you love this. I'm going to ask you, you know, to leave a review for us. I'll, I'll shoot you over an email with a quick link. It'll take two minutes. And if you could do that for us, like this is what helps us get more clients that are amazing like you to do amazing work like this. And you can kind of throw in your sales pitch, your local business, or you're a new business, you know, and if you do great work, people want to help you. And that's kind of the part, you know, especially when it comes to building, you're most likely going above and beyond because these are such big projects. You know, this is not a simple in and out type of thing. So they're going to see those elements that you put into it, the passion you have behind it to do a good job. And so, again, just the psychological fact, asking them, they're more likely to do it when you ask them again. So if they don't do it right then and there, which they probably won't because they're way too busy, and that's usually what happens with it, is you will need to create a process internally to ask them afterwards. You will need a follow-up system. And so you're going to have to touch them probably seven times at least. And so we usually recommend, we've seen better results with emails versus text messages at times. If you're like me, if you get that text message and you just can't respond to it right now, you kind of forget about it. And now I feel like I'm the bad friend that I thought I responded <laughs> to you because you did in your head, but you just didn't have a chance right then to text them back. We usually see a better response with just sending them emails with a straight link to your Google My Business. And if you go into your Google My Business backend, there will be an actual little code Google does give you. So that way you can just put that direct code link and it'll pop up a magic box that'll say, "Did you? how would you rate this business? And so now with just one simple click, they can go there, say five stars, and say that Brad and his team was absolutely amazing. You know, for our next home, we're going to hire them again. You make it simple for them. And if they don't do that, you kind of have to keep asking a bit, but it's just that hard part of, it's like pulling teeth. So you have to keep at it, be consistent with it. But what I've noticed works best is that personal touch at the very beginning. We see better results because people are like, Brad did ask me. And I feel bad that I haven't done it yet. So they're more likely to do it there. So add that little touch in and just sprinkle it throughout it. Let them know the expectation is you're going to make them so happy. This would be the biggest and best favor they could do in return for you. I love that. It, it, it's interesting you said this because I, I look back as you were kind of sharing your expertise on this, Brittany, and I look back in my experience with clients and when I've asked them in person, you know, at the punch walk or closing or maybe we're at dinner or whatever, they always do it. Like I send an email and they always do it. And then if I don't ask them, or like you said, I shoot them a text or something like it's forgotten. So there is power asking in person because typically they're not going to shut you down. And I'd say most of our clients are probably similar. I mean, they understand that, look, things go wrong. This is construction. Like sometimes things don't go perfect, right? We're dealing with a million parts, labor, we're having open surgery in the house, you know, whether it's a renovation or new building. So things happen. Uh, but it's that bedside manner, right? It's the communication. Hey, we're going to find a solution. We're going to get this done. And at the end of the day, they know we're entrepreneurs. Most of them are, right? They know that we're working hard and we're trying to build a business. And I'd say in most cases, you know, most clients are pretty understanding. Um, but what's interesting, something you said earlier on the conversation I want to bring back that I've never heard until now is you mentioned proximity that I related to Phoenix Metro. You know, Phoenix Metro is a big city, a lot of little suburbs. You know, so if someone's out in the West Valley, like Surprise or Priori, and they want to build in Scottsdale, but their address is there and their business is there, they're going to miss out on work. And I never thought about that, that you need to have your home base in the city where you want to collect your business, as well as if you have maybe a, another location, you recommend having a satellite office or at least some form of, you know, address or whatever it is so that you can collect, you know, that SEO. 
Yeah, and you want that second address, that satellite office, to be as legitimate as possible. One thing I'm trying to tell all clients and prospects I'm talking to right now is we've seen it this year. Google is cracking down on Google My Business. And what I mean about that is they are suspending GMBs left and right because they want you to prove that you are not a spam. So they're asking for legal documents, like what you said. You had to send those in to prove you were a legitimate business working in that address, and they finally sent you back the code to confirm your listing with them. We are seeing listings that have been up that are just getting suspended because Google is just now asking for more verification from some different places. If you even submit that, they're even sometimes asking for a video conference where you need to show them the front of the office, the signage of the office, inside to show that you actually work there. So they're getting a lot more diligent about it. So Regis office, co-working spaces, you know, UPS stores, they really don't work anymore for most of the clients we've seen. We're willing to try those, but nine out of 10 times it does not stick. And when it does, we see within a couple months, Google's found it and suspended it. And then we look at their verification. They're asking for a physical, actual location people can come to to do business if needed. So it is getting a lot harder. And so that's where a lot of people who want to expand their service area into all these different cities around maybe a a bigger metropolis, you're going to have to find those satellite areas and offices around that just to kind of play that game with it. Because again, if you're an hour away from where you want to do business in, it is going to be such a long-term battle to get there just organically with your Google My Business. You'd be much better off getting a satellite office there, doing some optimization to rank better for there. But don't forget, I mean, in the meantime, you could always run ads. You know, you could show up in those places, but what we see is it's about 2% conversion rate on the ad at the very top of the search result page on Google. Funny enough, the guy that ranks number 10, the very last guy on the bottom of the first page, also gets 2%. Interesting. Yeah, so I do t- tell my guys, you get a better return on your investment if you can just make sure your website ranks for that. And luckily, when you invest in SEO, it's investing in your website versus ads. As great as they are, they're still like a billboard. They're still like a radio t- advertisement or a TV advertisement. When you stop paying for that, you lose all the visibility of it. So you have to kind of keep putting that budget into it. So let me ask you this, and, and, and maybe you can give me some advice here on air is that, so and with my, so I'm based in Scottsdale, that's AFT construction, that's our home base in the Scottsdale Air Park. Now what's interesting is I work for a client down in Gilbert, which is kind of the Southeast Valley. So we call it the East Valley, kind of North Scottsdale, you know, it's about 35 miles in between both locations. And I have a satellite office there. You know, he's an attorney, I work for him and he's like, hey Brad, I got two great offices, a conference room I never use, which is perfect because I have a lot of projects on that side of town and half my staff lives there. So now I'm kind of divided and conquered. I have projects on the North Valley and the East Valley. And then I have my staff for me to register that, which I can, because I have signage there and I have, you know, I, I, I can work that with Google. My question for you is what would I do on Google? Like to register that? Do I call it like AFT construction satellite office? I mean, what do you recommend for your customers? Like how to specify the name to not confuse now my customers of, you know, mailing address and, you know, kind of my home base as opposed to my satellite base. Yeah, that's a great question. So by Google guidelines, they won't let us put anything special outside of your official business name in your Google My Business listing. So what I do tell some guys, it's a little trick of the trade. Like if you want to create a DBA, Mm -hmm. you could rename it something that actually has that city location in it as well. Or if there is a separate aspect or service of your business that you only do in one area, you could rename it closer to that, for example. So if you did remodels for existing, but you also did new build, but they were kind of two different offices, you could kind of optimize them for what they are niched down to individually and kind of work down there with it. Does that help answer your question? Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's very helpful. And the ads was really interesting because you mentioned that, and, and this is something I've never heard any statistics behind it, but so if you're placing an ad on Google, you're getting 2% eyeballs essentially or conversion rate. But if you're ranking on the first page, even number 10, the last one on the first page is still 2%. So that's the value of, as you mentioned, all this organic content, and in some cases, maybe paid SEO content to like to get ranked on that first page. Yeah. So the the map area we talked about, where your Google My Business listing lives, that gets a huge area of all clicks for your business. So that's why we always focus on it. But as I mentioned before, your proximity and how well your website ranks also determines that. So for all of my trades, they see a huge portion of their clicks come through that map area. But even 
as big as that area is, the first three organic listings on Google really do get a huge portion of the clicks as well. And so it's kind of where even if you might not rank in the local map because you're not as close to the location as you want to be, that's where I was mentioning earlier, you could still show up that area because your website organically ranks and is relevant enough to that area for that service you're trying to get visibility for. And so that way you could still get 30 to 40% of all the clicks on this because you're in the top three. So it really is a, a crazy, just nice little pizza pie as far as the closer you are to the top middle after the ads, that's where the chunk of the eyeballs go. And it's just really more of a trust factor, Brad. You know, when we think about it, five, 10 years ago, I don't know if you remember, but you would type in something, you'd get all these ads, but every time you clicked on one of those ads, it was never at all what you were actually searching for. <laughs> they just wanted traffic to come to that website so they could either scam you or they were selling ED medicine. You know, it was always crazy clickbait <laughs> to get you on these ads. Well, now ads are way better. There's relevancy scores. I mean, Google's done a lot of cracking down to help with that. But I think some of us are still a little jaded from that. And plus, we think that if someone actually shows up on the map, they're probably more legitimate versus someone who has to pay to show up for that. I think a little bit in our mind, subconsciously, we like someone who exists there. It feels like someone, this is a business who is in existence and real and authoritative versus if they're running ads, sometimes we're not really sure and we're a little more hesitant. So that's again, why I'd rather you show up when you need to be visible on the internet versus only solely depend on those ads, billboards, TV and radio type of things. So without giving out all your trade secrets, right? Cause this is what you do, Brittany. But I mean, for someone who's looking to rank, right? Are there certain things they should do? I mean, a lot of it's backend, right? If they're using WordPress or whatever for the website, but you mentioned this early on when you talked about SEO content, content on the website that there's descriptions or keywords that are, you know, Homer model or Scottsdale or something, right. That'll drive over. Uh, do you recommend as you're working with your clientele? Um, I know there's, there's keywords and AdWords you can do blogs, you know, can be beneficial. You know, how are you helping like build a website as well as maybe, you know, just to add on stuff, you know, blo blogs, podcasts, you know, social media, all this content that's driving. Yeah. So great question. I'm trying to unpack that as, as yeah. quickly and <laughs> simply as there, possible. <laughs> yes. So when it kind of comes to how I look at strategies, it's really going to depend on your goals, your timeline, your industry, and the service area in which you want that business in. So short-term solutions are always going to be more of your digital ads. I mean, we can turn on a Google ad in two weeks and you can get calls that same day. So that's a very quick, easy way to throw up yourself in a new area or for a new service that you're not ranking for. But ideally, what you want to do in to rank online is you have a great website that has the right content to show Google you're relevant for the area you're trying to rank within. So for a home builder, you were trying to first and foremost show Google that you are a premier home builder and you do everything related to home building as much as possible. The second thing you're trying to do is make sure you hone in the area in which Google wants to show you in. And so that's just a lot of local content. So when you mention all these different things, website, blog posts, podcasts, what should we kind of do? Really all those things hone in that more organic side of a strategy. And that's a long-term strategy when we talk about the organic or search engine optimization way. And so the, the three basic four core foundations are actually what I just mentioned previously. A good website that is easy to use, user-friendly, uh, and it's very just specific on what each page is all about. So you're not throwing everything you do into one page. You're breaking these down. So if you're talking about just all your new builds, here's all the information about new builds, our gallery, our testimonials, very easy to co consume right there. If you do remodels, you're using the exact same framework, but only talking about that. And so Google sees this relationship and basically, basically the relevancy and ranks you better for it. Now, when it comes to SEO future and just kind of continuing this progress to make sure you rank and you continue to rank and beat out your competition is actually just create more of that content. And you can do that in multiple forms. So podcasts, these are great. This is a great way to get out high quality information in a way that people like to consume it, to be honest. I've noticed myself pulling away from reading blog posts a little bit more versus having them either dictated to me so I can do something else and hear them or actually turn on YouTube videos and I just listen to them versus you know actually watching the visual side of it. So whichever way you want to create that type of content, you still do need to actually create physical text content that you're going to add to your website. So if it's easier to talk out loud about what you do, then put that in podcast form, but transcribe that so therefore you can optimize that content and just since you're talking about that one subject, add that to the website. The thing to remember is web pages rank, not just a website. 
So you will see huge websites. I mean, Amazon ranks for days, right? I mean, that's right. just what we're always going to see on there. But what you'll actually notice if you're typing an exact type of product, it's that Amazon product page that shows up, right? Not Amazon.com. So that's what we're trying to do when it comes down to SEO is you're having individual pages for each of the specific services you do and exactly which area you do that within. So therefore, Google can see all the keyword matches basically back and forth between what someone types in on Google and what you have on your website. And they say, wow, this page about remodeling is in Arizona and Phoenix is actually the most relevant I've seen. And it has the best quality I've seen as well compared to the other articles out there. I'm going to rank this. And that's what you're doing is just creating more and more content, but you're creating higher quality than what your competitors have created because that's what Google's using as well. They're seeing how authoritative do I think you are? Just like what your clients think about, Google actually thinks about that as well because they want that trust of who they rank. They want to make sure they're doing the best job they can, providing the best results possible. Well, it's interesting, you know, just hearing your example about YouTube that, you know, just as you as a consumer, right, you're going to listen to YouTube. You may not watch the videos because you could be you know, working, driving at the gym, whatever, right? On the same way I'm consuming information, podcasts, like other things like digitally, right? Um, but the transcribing is really important. And then as you talked about this, it really clicked too when you're speaking about Amazon that if I'm looking for a specific product, you know, that product page is coming up, not amazon.com. And I think where I can relate is we did a house, ICF, right? Insulated concrete form, ICF house. We're doing net zero house. So I've done some YouTube videos on that, right? I've done some YouTube about ICF house, uh, done about the net zero house and those are keywords. So now I have some customers that were searching. They're like, I even have one of my vendors that I know really well. And they're like, Brad, I was searching like ICF build Scottsdale. And like you were the first one that came up like a YouTube video right there. And so what I learned and essentially kind of you're reiterating right now is that by keywords, whether it's like detached guest casita or mini master, like just some things that may be normal verbiage for me, but how it relates to my business can still help me show if people are searching either really specifically or just broadly other topics outside of just custom home builder. Yeah. And the best part about what you're doing is you're mixing long tail and short tail form, which is SEO terms of content. But basically it's the more competitive versus the least competitive is the easier way to remember that. So builder, builder near me, building company. I mean, those are very hard words because everybody wants to rank for those because they're the general technical words we all know and understand. However, some of us do research, we found out even more, and therefore we type in things that are a bit more niche. And the best part is the more niche you go, the less people are searching for it, which you may think as a negative. But what that means is competitors probably don't want to try to rank for that because they say, well, not many people are searching for it. But what you found is because you created it and no one else is, now you're getting found by people everywhere because you're the only person who's actually created content about that one niche topic and you did it in a very respectful and resourceful way. So now you're answering questions. It might be hard for someone to come in and just beat you out of that spot if you rank pretty well for this for a long time. So it's a really great strategy. And I actually checked out your YouTube channel before I came here. Some of those videos have over 3,000 views. So, I mean, it's great to see that like those are even getting higher view count because they're more niche, meaning people are actually typing those specific keywords in because they want to know about that exact type of content and the answers to those exact questions. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers. Because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their, their company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out.
For those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are of Build a Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests that we've brought on the podcast are also Build a Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops you know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Build-A-Trend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. So let me ask you this. As you're, as you're consulting and working with companies, right, building their brands on, on online, uh, I would imagine it's probably like me when I first started too, you know, it's like, I don't want to be on video, you know, all of us are self-conscious, like, I don't want to hear my voice, like, you know, and that's a common thing, right? And I found, you know, through the podcast and YouTube and just, you know, doing social media, like you get used to it, like it is what it is, like, I don't think about it too much anymore, but it takes time. So like, how do you work through that with like clientele and, and, and maybe speak to like the value of like building a persona or a personality? Because the business maybe has like our business definitely has you know my personality ingrained in it, but some businesses the business owner may not want to be, but they could still have a business persona or personality. So how do you get people get out of their shell, get out of their shell, and just show them the value of like building that persona? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like reviews for us. I mean, it is the pulling teeth of our yeah. trying to get our clients to do things like that. What we've actually noticed is you have a five to ten five to 10% higher conversion rate on your website if you actually have a video on your homepage, which is not, again, a lot of percentage points, but again, if that could mean one or two extra calls a month, well, if these are big, great jobs for you, that's a huge difference. And you could get a, you know 20, 50 more of those a year because you added in these small incremental things that kind of help with it. And even for that video we're trying to get our guys to do is that's actually like their brand video in a sense. It is something that I want less than two minutes. I only need you with your iPhone in front of you, turned on, push record, say who you are, and basically, how'd you get here? Why are you here? And why do you want to continue to be here? Answering those three questions are basically telling your potential client why you do what you do and why you do it so well without having to be cocky about it. I mean, you're just saying from your experience and, you know, if if I can pretend I'm Brad for three seconds, I mean, you're just saying, I do this and this is why I'm passionate about it. So I know your project's going to turn out well because I don't let anything fly under my radar. Like I'm that involved in my company. The team members I have hand selected below me are as just as passionate as I am to make sure that you get the house that you absolutely love at the end of the day. And little videos like that, I mean, it kind of makes us all feel a little warm and fuzzy inside. You know, we all want to be somewhat you know, comforted to make sure that we're making the right decision by giving our money to you to do whatever product or service you're going to give us in return for it. So doing things like that, I know it's very hard. I mean, that's just an initial video that I would say everybody needs to start out with. Have at least that. That's what we're going to use to get to know you. And the simple way about it, if you want to try to make this a little more streamlined, is if you can at least just take your iPhone with you. And let's just be honest, those cameras are pretty good nowadays. Yeah, they are good. <laughs> and you don't need to have the highest of highest of quality. Like I don't need film crews. And as I said earlier, you re-mentioned, I don't always visually watch all of the YouTube videos. I'm listening to them. And so this might be someone walking through a home build they did where technically I would want to see it. That would be the best way to consume that information. But if I could hear them talk through what they did and why they did, and it's because the client wanted this. So we created this because of that. Hearing those things shows you think you design, you're creative, you give a shit, like you're actually listening <laughs> to your client and showing what you did to kind of put those things to practice. So even doing something like that, just bring the camera with you for some quick trips to just talk through and you're just kind of quickly explaining it. Those are great. 
And if you want to take that next step, hire someone who can video edit those and just make them look a little bit nicer. Have an intro, have an exit, you know, have a kind of a call to action at the end of it as well to kind of generate some people to come back to your website and check out more of your gallery. You know, that's kind of the different stuff you can integrate when it kind of comes down to at the end of the day, because YouTube is Google now. I mean, they are the exact same business. And so we're all consuming content different ways. Just make sure those things speak back to one another is kind of the best part of it. So if you're very scared to do those videos, see if maybe there's an employee that's willing to talk through a project they did. Like just start small. Or if it's, you know, you're not going to be able to do it consistently. Think of how you would think of content for SEO. And one of the best things we say for that is what are your FAQs? What are the most frequently asked questions your business gets? Those are quick ways to make little small videos that are answering those top 10 questions. And if only 10 videos is all you can make for right now, that's great. At least you're driving good content. You can also add these to the website. You can add these to social. You can transcribe them. You know, you can optimize them. There's so many things you can do after you repurpose it. But I think what we also need to get over is making sure these videos are amazing. I'm making videos for One Thing Marketing right now. Ooh, let me tell you, Brad, I hate it. (laughs) I absolutely yeah. hate it. It's it's not fun talking to a lens and no one's on the other side of it talking back to you. So I get it from my side. It's very difficult, but I'm starting to see more clients come to us all around the U.S. because they were seeing videos that you not would have found if I never made them. And I'm doing very similar to what you're doing. I'm trying to niche down as well because there are a lot of marketers out there. So if I say that I'm a trades or a home service business marketer and I focus mainly on digital, hopefully that'll help hone me into an area so when I create more content about that, my roofers, my pavers, my plumbers, my electricians, my builders, my construction crews, they will find those videos, interact and see, hey, Brittany's a little weird. She's a little crazy, but she's fun. I like her style. Hopefully that's how the business would be as well. And, and that's exactly what we are. So that even that person you have on camera, make sure they match the culture of what you want it to be. We're, we're a marketing company. We're supposed to be fun. You know, we're supposed to be upbeat. So I'm that person as well. And I love making jokes and sometimes I cuss, but <laughs> I got trades. So they're all used to that. And that's kind of what makes us have that better connection with it. So what makes it worth it is knowing that you're going to get more clients and they're going to get to know you better. And they're probably going to have more questions answered, which means they're less on the fence So you're going to have higher quality people actually convert because, again, you're making them comfortable and you're answering every question they have to say, okay, I'll I'll write this check for whatever amount it is. Well, I love this because you mentioned higher quality people earlier. You know, you mentioned that you're it's more of a sniper approach, not shotgun, right? That even as you get in more specific, like more specified content, you're going to attract the right customer, right? Because you're only looking for one. Like for me, I'm only looking for one. I mean, not total, but I'm not looking for a hundred. I'm looking for like the right one, right? And 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 essentially that's what that is. But what what I really like that you mentioned that you're doing right now, Brittany, especially with your video content you're doing, and you're really creating this personality behind the brand and really the market, the contracting, marketing, right? That's what you're going to the contract and marketing side. But what's interesting is like you said, building a persona, you even said, I a good analogy for me is there's a friend of mine, he's a plumber, and he's got on there and he says, like this is in Arizona we have uh unless you have like soft water, you know. Uh, system installed, we have very hard water, so calcium buildup. And he says, here's how you flush out your water heater. You need to do this, you know, a couple times a year. Here's how you do it. You know, the aerators on the plumbing fixtures, here's how you clean them out and get that calcium build off. So just little like thoughtful things, like you mentioned FAQ. So becoming a thought leader, like these are things we're doing every day. You're probably doing every day, Brittany, on the marketing side, but I don't understand marketing. Like that's why you're on the podcast and but by watching your videos and it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Like that's what I'm going to call. And so just being you know, putting content, like I love the analogy where you said, or the example of like interview one of your employees, right? And here's what we did on this house. Here's like the technique behind it. Here's why we did that. Here's the thought process. By that education, it makes you trusted entity. And that's why the customers are going to come pursue you in the end. Yes. And when you mentioned that, it made me realize I forgot to mention one of the best ways is get your clients to speak for you. Yeah. I mean, they're the ones that live through this build you know, with you basically, you know, day and night through this entire process. So if they're happy, they obviously know what you've done and they know why they're happy. Get them to say what they did for you and how they feel afterwards. I mean, those video testimonials are basically your case studies to where if you're very scared to create content for yourself, then pick different clients you've done different types of projects for and just ask them a series of questions to where you could put together a short video that's concise that basically says all the things we want you to say, 
without you having to fully be in front of the camera and be present doing that, if that is something of a big concern to you. There's a lot of the people that kind of talk about your business and that's the, the best one I've seen just as a conversion standpoint as well, getting clients to do that because that's even a higher trust factor as we know. Okay, there's no way they would have paid 50 people to do these videos. These must be real clients and here's the real <laughs> homes they're showing in the B-roll to yep. see how great these projects are. I love that example and maybe shameless plug here. It's kind of funny. So on my website, aftconstruction.com, like, um, there, I have a video testimonial. And the funny thing is I work for this client and he's, he understands cause he's like a big marketing guy for his business, right? He's top cosmetic dentist in the country. And he does, uh, like he travels, he's a thought leader, like he's really big in this stuff. So he's like, Hey Brad, I'll do a video for you, my wife and I, and they have this amazing house. And as you mentioned the B-roll, right? Here's them sitting down and he's his tagline. He said, you know, Brad, you're saving marriages one house at a time. So like, I've stolen that. Like I use that all the time now. And I told Brian, I'm like, because of you, like I used out all my clients, like sales pitch, but it's on my website. And it's been huge because my clients see that video and they're like, it just strikes even, it, it brings so much more value by them doing it. And fortunately, you know, I had the right client that's like, hey, I'm willing to do this. I didn't have to ask them. And then it turned out great. But it's great advice because to your point, Brittany, I mean, that is a great way to just kind of build the credibility behind the brand. And we've actually started calling a few clients of our clients if they give us a few names to call because the thing we forget is that we think we know what the benefits of our services are. But if you actually ask an open-ended question, it's a benefit you never even think existed. So you just saved a marriage. Like you thought, I made this home prettier. I made it more functional. I made it bigger, brighter, whatever words you, you describe to say the design of it. But what you're missing is maybe their emotional feeling for that. You know, and so that's kind of where we love when you actually can have those things in because differentiating yourself is a huge aspect to marketing as well. You know, we can make sure we optimize you to rank as high as possible, but what is still going to separate you from the competition? So if they are calling three businesses and going to bid all three of them out, what will make you special? You know, so you use marketing to get there to bid for it, but these are still the things you need to think about and hone in with your marketing agency is what makes us special? Why should they pick us? And so that's why like, you know, the videos about yourself, client testimonials, gallery, I mean, all these things feed in to make sure that the person ends up choosing you at the end of the day. I love you offer that. I think that's something that I've never thought about by having a marketing agency behind me, you know, such as yourself, Brittany, that you're going to go through and, and sometimes uh, it's easy for us as the builder to go direct, like you said, and ask for the review. But sometimes it's good to have a third party come in and say, hey, let's sit down. Like, how's your experience? And as you mentioned, it's that emotional connection because there's going to be things said in a, in a positive way. And then you put in the B-roll and then it's like, makes magic. Right. And, and sometimes it's easier coming from you having Brittany go ask instead of myself. Yeah. And clients usually don't get asked that way. So they're right. sometimes more willing to open up versus again, we just shoot that text message of, Hey, leave me a review. This is a much more personal and custom way to really kind of get even more out of it. And again, if they love what you did for them, they probably want to show it off. I mean, if you're creating these amazing homes, then yeah, who wouldn't want to have their home featured? It's kind of just being like on HGTV. They feel probably like movie stars. So don't be surprised that some clients will actually say yes to you because they just love it. They want to show and they do want to say thanks in a way that's not monetary. And what you don't realize is that actually is a great monetary way for them to do it because it can increase your revenue because you have these tools at your disposal to now close new clients with. Well, it's interesting. And to that point, I mean, you may even have some clients. I had one client that did the video and they're like, hey, you know, we really don't want to put our face on camera. Like, but they did like all B-roll, voiceover, you know, they gave the same review. And so they still did it. They just, you know, some may be more open to being on cameras and others may not. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think today's age, none of us really think that these videos are fake or spam because who has time for that? So yeah. <laughs> even if it is a voiceover, we're like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, not all of us, I, I don't want to be on video. I'm sure you hate being on video all the time, but now we're just kind of like, well, it's a part of the job. So we do it. You know, and clients don't have that expectation, but again, just just always ask. I mean, there's no harm in it, no foul, and especially if you're doing great quality work, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to help you back because they're so gracious that they did not have a trouble, or if there were was a trouble, you fixed it. You were that type of business that made sure you went above and beyond. So to be successful, like you have to be really passionate, right? I mean, you have to love it, and 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 because that's your living, living it, breathing it, right? Why marketing for you? Like, how did you get into marketing, Brittany? So I went to college for a degree closely related to marketing. It's called merchandise and apparel and textiles. <laughs> Super sexy. Yeah. Um, did not end up in that. I ended up in retail management, went from there into basically insurance management, 
hated all of it, but I love that all the places I went, although they were corporate, whenever I got to talk to the marketing person there and realized the little bit creative things they got to do, I always loved it. I've always been a very creative person in my entire life. And so being in two back-to-back jobs that were super corporate structured, and even if you were successful, it does not mean you got to work on the activities that you wanted to work on. I actually found uh, Dan, who's the owner of One Thing Marketing, and reached out, had a conversation. I had never known a lick about search engine optimization before that day. Eight years later, I know it frontwards, backwards, left, right, up, and down. And I love it because it's something that changes every single day. And I think that's why I've always loved marketing is because you can't just lean and depend on the same things every single decade, year over year, month over month, week over week. All of our preferences change, our buying habits change, and we have to make sure we're adjusting with the market. And so I think within that, it just it always pressures you to just be on your toes. And even just right now being on a podcast, I mean, this is a marketing opportunity to where I'm getting asked questions and I have to make sure I do a good job of answering them for, so your listeners get good education. You know, so all these things in the grand scheme of it, I mean, they work together in a way that you just have to make sure that you are doing again at the end of the day. What does the client want? How do they want to be spoken to and what form is going to appeal to them the most? Well, it, it always amazes me, someone who's been in marketing, especially for you. I mean, you've been doing it eight years and you can see how quick your education, like you're an expert, right? In in your industry. And probably very similar to us, like construction. People always say, Well, Brad, why are you in construction? And I do, as stressful as it can be, I really enjoy the process. I enjoy the end result. I enjoy people moving into their dream home, building a restaurant, people, you know, going by and visiting that, saying, Hey, I, I was part of that, right? to some extent, like there's some satisfaction, which you have building, like you're building companies and brands and small businesses and empowering them, which I'm sure is very satisfying at the end of the day, right? Because there's like goals that you're achieving. And so that has to play a role just in, you know, day-to-day happiness of like fulfillment of your career. It really does. So, I mean, we obviously have some local clients, but more than half of our clients are actually not located in the same city or even state as us. So we do work with everyone around the U.S. But what I love is the local clients I have when I'm driving and I see one of their trucks on the road. I love it because I'm like, they're on the way to a job that I hope I got for them. And that's like where it's a really exciting part, you know, and a little bit about me is I actually was raised like in a blue collar family. So we really were in the, the breadth of whether that business had leads to give my dad where he was working versus when they didn't have leads and he didn't have any work to do. So when it comes to smaller family businesses or, you know, contracting businesses, trades businesses, it really sometimes can be like a live and breathe type of situation. And what I love doing is talking to a business that might be in that situation, but now they're in the spot where, hey, we're actually booked out for the next couple of weeks to a couple of months, you know, whatever their pipeline looks like to where they're like, we're so comfortable. We know that we have all of our bills paid for. We know where the next, you know, incoming revenues it is. You know, we have put all of our money into our kids' 529 college saving plans. Like, we're back on track to what we need to be doing. That's what makes me very happy because I lived in a situation where it was difficult and, you know, it's just not a fun situation to be in. So that passion behind, I was in there and I'm talking to a lot of family-run businesses as well. Like, I want that for them. Like, I want the the comfort, the security, everything that kind of comes around with having a safe business plan because you're having active leads coming in, the business is growing and things are running seamlessly with it because the latter... It's just not fun. <laughs> no one, no one yeah. wants to live that. Well, I came from a blue collar family, so I can appreciate that too. I know how that goes. Uh, so it's really neat for you to see him, you know, as, as you're changing people's lives and it, it really hits home for you, Brittany. What, what's difficult, I can imagine in your industry, just like mine, I mean, it's ever changing, right? I mean, when you started, TikTok didn't exist and now TikTok is like so prevalent, right? And, and you have major players such as Instagram that are now trying to combat TikTok, right? This new platform that's out there. So you know, how does this constantly change just your thought process, your organization, your strategy as you're working with companies to say, okay, I mean, this is so fluid every day to keep on top and say, you know, how do we even like compress this in the direction we should go? And I'm sure there's a lot of variations, right? Per company, but there's a lot of education and continued education you have to have as well. Yes. So to be very transparent, we don't do social media in-house just because it changes so much. We cannot be experts in Google SEO and in all the ever-changing right. social media platforms. It's Too many algorithms it, to figure out. Too many algorithms. So kind of how I look at things when it comes down to that marketing game plan is it's okay those platforms keep changing. I mean, we all have to be okay with it because that's how life is going to work out when it comes to the internet now. Things are never going to be the same tomorrow as they were today. New platforms coming out all the time. <laughs> So when it kind of comes to that, really, 
I want you to have a good game plan long term. So again, like that's why I always want to make sure you have a honed in website. That's that's your house. If you think about it, every social media platform you can put information on is just a little extra area you can throw yourself out into. You can have a great exposure in it. You know, nothing's wrong with social media and that's not what I'm saying. But these things are very ever changing and you're kind of renting your visibility on these platforms. And what you're trying to do as well on those platforms is usually bring people back into you to work with you. So when they do that, they're coming back to your website. You know, that is the landing place that they are going to to get more information and make sure they are making a good decision to work with you. So you always want that in the in the, the back end of everything. Always work on your website and work on your SEO optimization to make sure you rank well. And basically use social media platforms on where your client is. So when it comes to everybody, every industry is different and every, honestly, city is a little bit different as well. I'm located here in Louisville, Kentucky and to be very honest, Twitter is more of a coastal thing. You know, we never really had a hardcore hit of social media push when it came to Twitter here locally. So when it came to that, I would tell all of my local guys, put stuff on Twitter. I'm not saying do not use Twitter, but put everything on all those places and we're going to track, you know, basically the next 30, 60, 90 days, we're gonna track the platforms and see what's working for us. At the end of this 30, 60, 90 days, we'll know what platforms we put more of our time with. And, and not to say you should cut off Twitter, you know, you cut off any of these platforms, but maybe just repurpose content there, but be very purposeful the first place you put it. So if you are noticing TikTok's a huge place to get your clients, then you know, basically focus on that one first, but share that information everywhere else because you might not know where someone else is gonna come from. And I know it always seems a little bit irrelevant. We see the same TikTok reels on YouTube shorts and now it's on the Instagram reel and it's <laughs> on Facebook and we do see those everywhere. We're gonna be used to that. And I think that, you know, your clients at the end of the day, they're not going to see every single post you make. So don't be afraid to repurpose those things. If you spent good time and quality to make that minute video, which I know a minute video seems very easy to do, but again, we just mentioned it was a struggle to make any type of video. So- yeah, that's that's really good advice. I mean, the repurposing side, because I, I think with Instagram at least, I mean, again, it's changing. They say only 5% of your followers even see the posts, right? So, I mean, you can repurpose it in a lot of platforms. But the, the value here, I mean, as you mentioned, Brittany, is renting. You use the term renting because I, I had a peer of mine and had almost a million followers on Instagram and their account got hacked, right? They lost it. They lost their account, still fighting to get it back. And you can see how temperamental that is in that space. And this is why you're so passionate about building your website and your home base because these are things that are really foundation, right? That applies to us mentally as a contract, a good foundation, a good house, as you mentioned. And then you have these other attributes or upgrades, right? The TikTok and Instagram and LinkedIn, and then understanding even more the database. Cause like for me, Twitter, I've never used it. It's not beneficial. I mean, it's text, which I'm trying to show things. I'm trying to show video. I'm trying to show photos where Instagram and LinkedIn are going to be more YouTube. They're more beneficial. And so as you mentioned, understanding demographic, understanding the main base, and then from there you can build on it. Yeah. And Going back to that renting thing very quickly, just like those platforms are rentals as well. You did mention like your your website's on WordPress. That'd be something, a little little nugget I would tell everybody to take home today is make sure your website's also on a platform like WordPress. And what I mean by that is you actually own that platform. So if you do have your website built on GoDaddy, Wix, Squarespace, any of those websites, Shopify, they're fine to have, but just remember you are renting it. So if you do decide to implement after this chat today, if you're like, heck yeah, I need some SEO for my website, put that website on WordPress before you optimize it because all of the work you do when you do decide to move off those places stays with them because that is a rental, basically a website builder. You are renting their hosting, their builder to make what you want look like it when you choose to no longer pay them. They do not thank you at the end of the day. They keep everything with them and you do have to rebuild all of that. So just again, just check all the places you're kind of looking into and put more money into what you own than what you rent. That is some very sound advice right there. And that's a great way to close, you know, because, you know, just understanding these platforms, as you mentioned, these website builder platforms that, yeah, I mean, it's probably more simplistic in a way to build it than going on WordPress, you know, but the WordPress that you own, the back end, you know, SEO is going to be way more valuable in the long run to any business. Yep. And this is when you're ready to take it to the next level. So if where you're at right now works for it, great. But when you're ready for the next jump, that's what I would suggest. So what do you have that's upcoming and exciting, Brittany? Ooh, uh, well, actually, one thing I was going to tell you is I just got approved to be a SCORE subject matter expert. And so SCORE is actually a national organization 
that's a group of volunteers to help local businesses that are just starting out. So I will be a subject matter expert to talk about all things digital marketing. So I'm very excited to help a lot of local new businesses that are starting out here to tell them exactly where they should spend their time and money before they just throw everything at the wall and hope that it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's a huge uh, congratulations. Congrats on that. That's very Thank exciting. You. Thank you. And then for those listening, you know, that want to find you. And I know you mentioned you're out of Louisville, Kentucky, but again, nationally, you're working all over the country. So for those looking to upgrade their business, maybe get over to WordPress, you know, build a proper website that they own as well as all the other things, marketing, you know, how do they find you and the company? I would say the best way would be to go to our website. So one thing marketing.net and there's two options. So if you're not sure what you want to do, scroll down just a little bit and we have a free ebook. So if you were in the trades or building type of business, there's a free ebook where we basically have the nine best tips for you to rank locally. And if you're national, some tips in there for well as well for you. But if you're after this, just say, I need help. I cannot do this myself. There is a button for a strategy session. So you can go through that and it'll connect you directly with me and my calendar. So we'll book a time where we'll have a 30 minute free strategy session to talk about all of your marketing. I'll audit and give you some great brainstorming things to take with you, or we can partner together. But that would be the best way to get in touch with me either way. That's amazing. Website, Instagram, like Instagram handles, you know, is there another uh, a good yeah, way it's, to it's reach a, out? It's all just at one thing marketing. Perfect. Yep. Okay. Well, Brittany, you've been amazing. Thanks for sharing so much inside information. Really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me, Brad. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, Give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.